Welcome in. Side Bet Podcast. Great to have you with us. Wednesday, December 13th. Already. 2023. If you don't know what year it is, probably shouldn't be gambling. Handicapper Jonathan Kinchin. His better half, Joe Vanina. Brains of the operation. Terrence Thiege, producer, my fantasy nemesis. I'm Lafitte Pinkai. Guys, it's like everybody lined up properly. Is everybody where they should be because I don't want to start this thing, like get flagged and have to start over like for something lame. Well, I, I, I checked with the official, which is my wife, to make sure that I was lined up. It's basically what I do all day. I walk around the house pointing at her to get a nod that I'm good, that I'm not in violation of any rules because I can assure you fellas, lots of rules around this house. It's a, it's a, it's a good, it's a good strategy. And uh, how can we not start there? Like before we look ahead, let's review uh, where we were accurate, inaccurate, lucky in some cases, a little unlucky, starting with the offsides heard around the world. Uh, Sunday chiefs favored by a point and a half at home against Buffalo. KC takes the lead with just over a minute left. Jonathan and then Kadarius Tony giveth. Kadarius Tony taketh away. Yeah, look, I mean, this is a this is a tricky one for me because I think that there's two people that were wrong. Uh, one being Kadarius Tony, one being the ref. Um, first of all, the ref. If you're gonna make that call, make it early. Make it early in the game. Uh, I, I saw someone on ESPN the second play of the game. Kadarius Tony was basically in the same position. Uh, make that call early. Uh, Canarius Tony, since you were in seventh grade and maybe even younger, you were taught to break the huddle, go to the place that you line up and point to the referee to make sure that you're good, that you're on the line of scrimmage and make sure that you're also off the line of scrimmage. You can't cover up an eligible receiver. So you have to make sure that you are, are, are good in that arena as well. Um, in that play, Canarius Tony did not check with the ref, but also ref. There's a minute left in the game. You had plenty of opportunity to, to try to enforce that very ticky-tack rule, and I think doing it in that time frame was pretty stupid. Gee, were you watching? Did you see? Did you see like Patrick Mahomes, how he reacted, how he behaved? I do not blame Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes' reactions, as we were talking before starting the podcast, these are their kids, as not you know, a high school football coach like Jonathan was, I fully don't understand why it's the ref's responsibility and not yours who's making millions of dollars to come up to you and say, hey, next time line up correctly. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I didn't like like Andrew, Andy Reid, how he handled it. Mahomes, I expect to see that type of behavior like from his brother. I hold Patrick Mahomes in like high regard as somebody like kids look up to and, and whatnot. You know, like around here in Southern California, like everywhere else or many other places, speed limit is is 55, right? Nobody drives 55. Like the flow of traffic's around 70 or so. You stay around there, you're fine. But like Terrence, if you drive 90, you're probably going to get popped. This was the 90 mile an hour equivalent of offsides. Like too, too egregious to ignore. It was yeah, like up with the linebackers yeah and i you know it's funny because you were talking about mahomes's reaction there afterward when i saw that live my first thought was that he was screaming at tony 
I didn't think he was yelling at the refs. I thought he was yelling at the receivers. And my first thought was he's finally had it with these wide receivers costing them games. And I thought he was going off at his own teammates. Uh, later, when I realized it was the refs, I was a little shocked because you don't usually see that kind of anger out of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he did come out the next day and apologize, not only for that, but also for, uh, I guess, kind of disrespecting Josh Allen during the handshake. So he said the right thing since, uh, and I give him credit for uh, for that. But yeah, I thought he kind of was just done with these receivers and was yeah. going after Tony at that point. Uh, well, yeah. the, the one thing I'll say, Lafitte, is that... Um, Look, there's a couple of rules in sports that are rules, but they are lightly um, adjudicated, right? And and that's one of them. It's 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 a situation where, look, I challenge everyone to watch football this weekend and see how confusing alignments are, right? Because there's you know there's a lot of rules, like I mentioned at the top, like covering uh, covering up or an eligible receiver. You'll see situations where guys look like they're on the line. They're not on the line. They're two yards off the line. They're off the line. Uh, you know, speaking of, we'll talk about the Miami Dolphins. Tell me how often Tyreek Hill is in forward motion, not side to side motion. They don't call it. There's a lot of things that are very gray. Um, unfortunately, traveling in the NBA is one of those things. And, and it's just, if you're going to be gray, for three and a half or 3.75 quarters, don't then get black and white on me. It's just, it's confusing I, for the player. I hear you. It's just, I like the heel of his shoe was lined up with like the nose of the football. And, and that's just Kadarius Tony being Kadarius Tony, right? If that's going to happen exactly. to somebody, it's probably going to happen to Kadarius Tony. So now what with the Chiefs? Uh, eight and a half point favorites. Jonathan in New England on Sunday. Bailey Zappi played well last week. Pats beat the Steelers. In this bizarre season, like so un like in New England. Yeah, well, it might be very un like from <laughs> the reports we've seen moving forward. I will say this. Um, I've got a kind of a bold prediction. I think the Chiefs still get the one seed. Now, they have to win out. Uh, the, the Dolphins and the Ravens play. Uh, you need the Dolphins to win there, but then lose somewhere else. Then you need uh, the, the 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 Ravens play the 49ers. You likely need the 49ers to win. I'm just simply saying that I, I believe the Chiefs are going to win out, and I believe they'll have a ton of momentum moving forward. I think a lot of times uh, situations like this, um, adversity, can really kind of lead towards teams taking the little things a little bit more seriously which in my opinion leads to success on the field. So I'm still a believer. I'm still a buyer of the Chiefs. I feel like that was the narrative going into last week. For, for me, if we didn't see him put it together last week, it was it was time to hit the panic button. And, and for me, I'm a little, I'm not as confident in the Chiefs uh, moving forward. And then uh, Monday night, yeah, you touched on the Dolphins. They blew a 13-point lead at home against the Titans. Up 13 with three minutes left, like maybe they crushed that ice cream cake at halftime in the locker room. Like maybe that's what happened. Uh, yeah. I mean, I would have eaten the ice cream cake at the half honey, <laughs> if they had it, if I was, that, if that's I was not back. a good idea. I know. <laughs> well, it's better than Tyreek with McDonald's. We'll come back to that. Um, here's what I'll say, you know, Look, I, I think in horse racing, you know, as, as all of us being familiar with horse racing, I think about any kind of gambling game. I think any type of game or any strategy, I think you cannot become too results oriented. 
you have to believe in the process, believe in what it is that you do to prepare for these situations, do all of those things and let the, and let the kind of cards fall where they may. Um, if you start being reactionary to things that happen, I think that sometimes you can change up what was working for you. I will say this about the Dolphins. In my opinion, the most important play of that entire football game for that entire football game was Bradley Chubb getting that personal foul in the second quarter when it would have been fourth down. Um, the Titans would have been forced to kick a field goal and it changed the entire momentum of the game. And in my opinion, it's the only reason that they lost. Yes, of course. You you can talk about the blocked field goal. You can talk about uh, maybe a missed throw from Tua or a missed tackle from someone else or a Titans great play. But I think that a lot of those things are going to happen within the within the framework of a football game. But one thing that's controllable is Bradley Chubb acting like an asshole and throwing his helmet on the ground. When you do things like that, you're asking to get beat, and that's exactly what happened. So I forgive him for that. And I won't hold that against the Dolphins, and hopefully they can fix that problem moving forward. On to Tyreek's menu, honey. Tyreek's menu, please. <laughs> Tyreek Hill was seen walking in on Monday night with a large bag of McDonald's to eat before the game, which, you know, honestly, the amount of calories that man burns and, like, the lack of body fat he has, like, it probably provides him with substantial energy. <laughs> I personally – I would – I was a peanut butter banana sandwich before every single volleyball game that I ever played. Peanut not butter, not McDonald's. Peanut butter banana sandwich before a volleyball game. Tyreek Hill well, is McDonald's. I wonder if his wife told him to go hit McDonald's because it was his wife, Terrence, that had him get back in the flipping game after he clearly injured his ankle. That's what he said during the press conference. He said he had checked his phone at some point when he was in the locker room and she pretty much told him to get back out there. So that's what he did. So I got to, you would have done the same JK, right? Like, like you, you read that text, you're going to man up and do the same, right? Yeah. I had a lot of work to do today. I you know, recorded a couple of podcasts. I had uh, some other things I was working on and you know, my wife sent me a text that I better come upstairs and help wrap Christmas presents you better believe that I got my ass up there as fast as I possibly could. And I'm assuming that's what Tyreek did as well. Right, honey? No, Jonathan, <laughs> stop lying to the viewers. No, but I would text you if it was something like, you know, an NFL game on the line. I would text you saying, figure it out. Like, you can't sit down. We have to win this game, especially with, you know, playoffs coming up. Do they want home turf? Speaking of the turf, no, I'm just kidding. Do they want to play at home? All this stuff. Get yourself back in the game. Okay, well, I have a question. You said that before all of your sporting events uh, when you were growing up that uh, in your all-state volleyball career, might I add, that you wanted to have peanut butter and banana sandwiches. So next time you get drunk and we get home and you try to order McDonald's, <laughs> I'm going to make you a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Is that okay or no? No, I want a quarter pounder with cheese, a six-piece McNugget, and a fry. Sweet and sour sauce, please. Is that the 2 a.m.? mcdonald's order after a late night beverage or two and a diet coke you have to get diet coke because god forbid you got regular coke that's that's a I, lot look, that, that's a lot yeah, it's it's wild we, we we had a sunday fun day one day where we fell asleep really early you know sunday fun days they can lead to a 9 a uh, 9 p.m bedtime Leads and to uh 
Yeah, exactly. It was Tuesday, and there was a two a.m. Uh, a two a.m. McDonald's order that I had to go downstairs and pick up, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was delicious. What, what what's yours? Me? Oh, uh, basically, I just try to steal a nugget or two. But I'm, I mean, look, I, the only way thing to I like finger. Yeah, the only thing I like from McDonald's is, is nuggets. Nuggets, sweet and sour sauce. That's the OG. Uh, the fries are delicious, but they're not good in delivery form. Late night McDonald's, Terrence. What's the order sound like? So I'm to be completely honest with you, I could not tell you the last time I've had McDonald's lunch or dinner. Uh, I am a fan of their breakfast still, uh, especially when I'm traveling road trips, you know, in an airport somewhere. I love a, a McGriddle, a hash brown. Love their breakfast. Uh, could not tell you. It's probably been five, six years since I've had a lunch or dinner at McDonald's. I can it's tell you. It's my favorite restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> it's our right. favorite restaurant. In, it's our favorite restaurant in Saratoga, which is hilarious. <laughs> that is too good. 2015 Night of the Breeders' Cup, Lexington. Double quarter pounder, like enough fries to choke a rhino, like a bladder buster sized Coke. And like, how do I put like, like cue the projectile vomit scene from The Exorcist? <laughs> that is what followed. Ne never again. I'll eat that garbage later right. once in a while. Like once in a while, I will eat garbage later. Never McDonald's again. Okay. Thank you very much. Well, we're not, they're not going to sponsor the podcast, so I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, and they were on the short list. Uh, just real, real quick, just to, just, Lafitte, just to get this back on track, just for one quick second. Good. I had the exact same comment for the Chiefs and the Dolphins that I wanted to get out there. This week, I feel bad for the Patriots, and I feel bad for the Jets, because I think both the Chiefs and the Dolphins are pissed. They're motivated. That number one seed is still up for grabs, as Jonathan mentioned. And I think both those teams will come out and exert their dominance on the far inferior teams. Uh, Jonathan, Zach Wilson looked pretty good last week. This one, to me, I see it a little differently. It feels very different than the last meeting uh, Black Friday at MetLife. Yeah, I mean, look, Rich Strike won the Derby, too. But uh, <laughs> he never won again. <laughs> Somebody had a great line after Zach Wilson played that well last week. Quote, Daughters, lock up your moms. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Wow, that's good. That's so good. good. So good. All right, so we'll see what happens there with the Dolphins and the Jets. You're expecting, you guys are expecting the, the better teams to restore order, Chiefs. And uh, Dolphins uh, moving right along. NFL, yeah, overreaction, which is kind of where this is already heading. And the Eagles, of which we spent a lot of time discussing last week. Lackluster, flat, dull performance in Dallas Sunday night. They lose by 20. Maybe I'm like whistling through the graveyard. I'm still not that, like, I'm still not that worried. I'm also really stubborn, Jonathan. Where should the panic meter be? Uh, I mean, I mean, it's, I think you should, if it's close to you, you should hit it. If you, if you're a, if you're a go birds uh, person, we have a friend who uh, was talking to a, a man on uh, Tinder the other day and the guy said he was a Eagles fan and she texted go birds and they've been on a couple of dates since. So um, it was Katie. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to say it was her. Um, I, I, here's what I'll say is I don't think Jalen hurts is that good in terms of being an elite passer Blasphemy. in a game, in a game that, you know, 
we, we talk about the advantages the offense has nowadays. Those advantages are to, are to a passing offense. They're passing advantages. They're not giving you, I mean, outside of the, the tush push thing that I'm sure they're going to change at some point because there's a bunch of other teams that are very mad they can't execute it at a high level. Um, there's no advantages that he has in the game that he plays. I just think teams are catching up to what they're trying to do with the running quarterback. Um, I know he's a handsome man. My wife reminds me about it often. I just don't think he's an elite quarterback that's going to be able to get them out of jams when people out scheme them. That's where this critique is coming from. It, like <laughs> it, it, it bugs him. How Jealousy is oozing out of his pores. Hurts is. <laughs> and, oh, but I'm glad. Jealousy. I mean, Tua took his spot, made him transfer to Oklahoma, Boomer Sooner. He's he's improved so much as a passer since then. He ripped from from. He has no, no. He he, he absolutely has a, a quantum leap in improvement. Uh, also, the uh, the the meetings that are currently taking place, they are not going to make the brotherly shove any legal play, which is the right call. Because if everybody was doing it, that's one thing. Everybody else has tried it and failed miserably. This is an example of the talent that the Eagles have between two offensive linemen, their quarterback, they're the only ones who can pull this thing off. It, it, it's first and nine every time, you know, every time they're, they're, they're setting up. Um, so, yeah, from last I heard, it sounds like that play will continue to be a legal play in the NFL. I don't think that – I know the Cowboys won by 20. I thought the score well, – I thought the game was closer than that. Um, I don't know how – the Eagles seem – there's a lack of energy. There's a lack of focus. There's a lack of urgency. Uh, what does that game look like if Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble in Dallas territory? If A.J. Brown doesn't fumble in Dallas territory? Devontae Smith fumbles in Dallas territory. Um, Monday night, I think, a, a statement game for the Eagles. I, I want to see them come out with some bounce, maybe some tempo. They, they've kind of looked a little Super Bowl hangover-ish all season. Their secondary is god-awful. They're going to have to outscore teams. I want to see the Eagles bring their A game moving forward to catch that momentum building towards the playoffs. Once upon a time, I used to blindly bet the home team, especially if they were a dog on Monday Night Football. So I'm going to kind of go back to my old school ways, especially because I kind of have a thing against the Eagles. I just don't think they're as good as the line suggests. I'll take Seattle plus the points at home on Monday Night Football. Drew Locke looked better than expected this weekend. We'll see if Geno Smith is back uh, for the Seahawks. That's Monday night of the Lions. Jonathan looked bad in Chicago, lose 28-13, didn't score a point in the second half. Are they simply in a bad stretch? You know, the Niners at one point lost three straight as well. Like, or are they being revealed for who they might be? Are they, I hate the word fraudulent, but are they fraudulent? You know, I, I think the thing with the Lions is, is that like they're newly good, right? Like they don't have a culture of being good for a long time where they, they kind of understand the different kind of ups and downs of a season and the adversities that you come across in a football game. Um, so I think that a lot of what's going on with them is like they're learning how to be good. I think they're a really talented football team. I think they do a lot of things well. I think they can beat a lot of teams in this league um, on a lot of different under a lot of different circumstances. However, I think two things are true. One, like I said before, they're trying to figure out how to be good. And two, I think Jordan Goff is, or Jared Goff, excuse me, is just like average at best. 
Um, and I, I think that he's a little bit problematic. I think when he shows up and plays extremely well, they'll win football games. But if he comes in and underachieves or does the opposite and plays like shit, they're going to be in trouble. I, I, I don't want to line up against them. Um, they're one of those teams that's like really hard to play or play against moving forward because they've shown you too many sides of themselves. They're kind of a no-play team for me moving moving forward. Maybe in the playoffs, let's see how they handle the next four weeks, but I don't trust them either way. Goff needs perfect protection. Like he can sling it, he needs perfect protection. That's why he's been the great fit with them or a very good fit because of that offensive line. So what are you doing on Saturday? They're home favored by four against the surging Broncos. Like Denver's one game behind Kansas City. One game in the AFC West. Like my how things have changed since Miami dropped 70 on Denver in week four. Well, I mean, I I can't stand Russell Wilson. Like, That's I mean, right. I I I, right, I can't stand Russell Wilson. And however, um, I love Sean Payton. So and 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 Detroit, I think, is really good, but they are also very annoying. Uh, this is a pass for me. I, I, I would, I, I, if I had to pick someone, I would pick Denver um, just because my wife actually reminded me of something that I thought makes a lot of sense. Well, Russell Wilson loves Jesus and it's Jesus season. So I'm going to pick the Broncos. <laughs> now, where am I supposed to go with that? Well, I'm just saying it is. I can't, I mean, say, anything. Right. I can't, I can't say anything snarky about Jesus. Well, no, I mean, you don't have to say anything about snarky about Jesus. I mean, it is Jesus season. <laughs> It's Jesus season. Russell, I mean, you know. Danger us. I'm glad you brought up the coaches, though. Dan Campbell, all right. Co-favored with D'Amico Ryans and Mike McDaniel for coach of the year, plus 325. Sean Payton, fourth choice, plus 1,200. Like, an intriguing subplot in this one. These two coaches, teams headed in different directions going head-to-head. When do they when do they vote? Do we know? I I you know once once upon a time a probably guy after, did TV probably with, after the season probably after the season. Well, I, I mean, do they vote? Do they don't they wait till playoffs? They don't do playoffs like voting? You know how they do that weird shit? Where yeah, they, yeah, like, yeah. Do it in the middle. Actually, okay. Question. I was I was I was being see. What's well, funny about that is I was, I was gonna snarky with you instead of Jesus, and it burned me. Like, I was gonna make in front of Jesus. I was gonna give broadcast Jesus some love, which was you. I think one time you told <laughs> me. <laughs> you told me don't ask a question on air you don't know the answer to i'm changing my twitter handle now to broadcast jesus yes jesus with a mic works oh my for me God. uh saturday slate i love this time of year three nfl games on saturday uh first the bengals at home against minnesota bengals two and a half point favorites jonathan the vikings scored three points Three points last week and one, like naturally against my beloved Raiders. Yeah, look, I'm just, I'm going to go straight. I'm going to go with my two favorite people from the Cincinnati area here, and I'm going to pick uh, the Bengals. One is Terrence. The other one is this guy on Instagram. He's a mailman who has gold teeth and always wears Cincinnati Bengals things. Have you hear? He's a postman, and he just makes Instagram <laughs> videos all the time. He is hilarious. White guy. But he wears old, like hip hop, like nineteen nineties gear, like Echo, and 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 uh, it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I watch it every morning while you're sleeping, honey. She's giving me dirty looks. <laughs> and um, so uh, who day? I'm going with I'm going with the Bengals. 
that might get me on Instagram. I always knew it would take a lot. That might get me on 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 Instagram. I'm gonna look up his name. I'm gonna look up his name. I'll, I'll tell you after everyone else talks. Along with our guy Lucas, who is absolute genius. <laughs> what, Lucas, what? What's his name? Lucas, what? Uh, you know? See, broadcast Jesus said, "Don't ask questions." Broadcast, you know the answer. And I just did it. Um, and, I, and I just did it. I'm gonna do the yes, rest of this. Funny. He's funny too. I'm gonna do the rest of this show in my best Lucas Scarface accent. <laughs> Uh, another, yeah, the backup bowl again, Terrence. Nick Mullins for the Vikings, for your Bengals. Jake Browning, who is looking pretty good and seeking a third straight win. Yeah, unbelievable, to be honest with you. But I think that in these backup bowls, as you call them, you know, I'd give Jake Browning maybe a slight edge in the quarterback position there. I mean, who knows? There's a lot that we don't know uh, between those two and their small sample size as well. But I think then I go to the rest of the roster and I think I like the Bengals roster better than the Vikings. Uh, obviously, I might be a little bit biased, but the Bengals have been to consecutive AFC championship games, including a Super Bowl with that roster behind Joe Burrow. So now that it's Jake Browning, they still have the rest of that roster in place. Uh, they, they've had some changeover in safety. Uh, they have Cam Taylor Britt out at defensive back, and he is out this week. But there's, other than that, most of the roster is the same. They still have 21 other players on offense and defense. They're playing great football right now. Now, you're, you're a big fan, but you're also very in tuned, educated, and objective when it comes to the Bengals. Uh, serious NFC North. Go ahead, JK. That underscore one underscore mailman. He's yes. got 340,000 followers. You won't regret it. Why is he still delivering mail? Well, he's probably about to quit. Someone made yes. fun of him for having a for having a beat up car outside, but he retaliated well. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> Check this guy out. Uh, serious NFC North implications, by the way, on Saturday. Vikings trail the Lions by two games. Should the Vikings hold their ground or make up any ground? Vikings Lions play twice, twice in the final three weeks of the NFL season. Pittsburgh Indy middle game Saturday. Colts favored by one and a half. Gardner Minshew, Mitchell Trubisky, Jonathan, both teams are seven and six and like right there in the AFC playoff mix. Um, our couch is comfortable, but it's not that comfortable. I'll pick the Colts. <laughs> Anyone else? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 yeah, I just I, I don't wanna I don't wanna get in trouble here. North Carolina, Mitch Trubisky, that, that won't work well for me. <laughs> Moving. Could you imagine Austin, my bonus child, asked for a pair of UNC Jordans for Christmas? Ooh. I said no. <laughs> I thought I was like, no, you can't have those. If he listens to this, he's going to like start questioning who's bringing the toys. Well, does any is anyone from Duke? Does anyone from Duke have cool shoes? Duke has great Jordans. Jason Tatum has a Jordan deal. Jason Tatum, Kyrie Irving. Well, we call it, we, we don't, we, we, we talk about Jesus season. We don't buy Kyrie's around here. <laughs> Colts and Steelers, uh, like Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, where have you gone? And more quarterback injuries. Chargers without Justin Herbert, done for the year. Texans, CJ Stroud, concussion protocol, didn't practice Wednesday. Um, guys, like, I don't know anything about Easton Stick. It's, it sounds like my Little League bat. Mm. Davis Mills has thrown seven passes this year. Like, how are we approaching these games? 
As far as the Chargers are concerned, I'm probably going to pass on this one. I, I I just don't have a strong opinion. But I will say this with the Texans. Um, I'll lean on on Davis Mills a little bit as a, as a guy who has played, has the experience, and he's got a team around him who I think their culture is changing. Um, and so, and, you know, with Tennessee, I just – they're so one-dimensional. Um, I understand that the kid from Kentucky will, like, leave Levis, leave us, whatever. He's – I just – is circumstantial guy, in my opinion. And so I, I would lean to the Texans. Um, but the battle of ex-Houston teams or Houston, uh, I'd probably stay away from it altogether. Yeah, a couple of injuries to follow Thursday night. Uh, Josh Jacobs, questionable. Don't believe he has practiced. And Keenan Allen has already uh, been ruled out. So uh, some of the superstars real, offensively. Go ahead, Darren. Real quick, without uh, without looking it up, can anyone name who is now the backup quarterback for the Los Angeles Chargers? Keenan like, Allen. Dan, like Dan, Dan Fouts? Max Duggan from TCU, the rookie. I was going to guess that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the potential we could see some Max Duggan action down the stretch for the Chargers. I would prefer it be Mike Smith or uh, Lafitte Pinkai Jr. Considering they play at Hollywood Park, they play at Hollywood Park on on Pinkai Drive. By the way, I can't <laughs> I can't squeeze that into the. Is it still there? Podcast. No, that's what it is. Yeah, like yeah, that's the address. If you want to is mail them really? your, your if you want to mail them your hate mail about it not being Hollywood Park anymore, you would send it to such and whatever number it is Pinkai Drive in Inglewood. Wow. <laughs> Why would what, you? Do you have a picture next to that? We got. I think I've got. No, I, we actually have like a like one of the actual signs somewhere. I tried to like install it as a as a license plate, but the DMV wouldn't accept it. Oh my gosh! It was the okay. first. It was the first shot. It was the first shot in one of the opens uh, for I think a Chargers game earlier yeah. in the year on like NBC. The first shot you saw on the broadcast was Pinkai Drive. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, it doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, Thanks, Dad. Uh, some of, yeah, some of the other uh, highlights this weekend. Uh, Cowboys, uh, they look like a Super Bowl contender. The Bills fighting for their playoff lives. It's in Buffalo. Buffalo, a point and a half favorite. Jonathan, do you factor in a potential letdown game for the Cowboys coming off the big win Sunday night? Man, I, I don't like Dak Prescott. Um, I, I mean, I like him as a human, I guess, right? Funny video on YouTube if you want Here to watch Here we go. He, he, uh, yeah, yeah, I just he, he got beat up when he was at Mississippi State at, 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 at some he got like sucker punched. Have you ever seen that video before? Anyways, I I'm not a Dak Prescott guy, and I think that Jerry Jones is obnoxious. So it's I'm I'm not the right person to ask when the Cowboys play because I'll always feel like the other team can win because they're just annoying to me. I'll pick the Bills, but I I wouldn't wager on it if you're just listening to me because I don't have any sound reasoning. Terrence, can I get an objective opinion from somebody not so personally invested in the outcome of this game? <laughs> yeah, I, I, <laughs> I like the Bills as well. Uh, my logic is when the Cowboys are at home, I boost them a little bit. And I've uh, mentioned that on, I think, last week or the week before's broadcast or podcast. I think this, this week them going on the road to Buffalo and Buffalo has shown some signs of life. They just had a late season bye, so they're a little healthier, a little fresher. Um, I would take Buffalo minus the one and a half against Dallas. Lots on the line in that one. I think the weather plays a factor, the cold, cold weather up in uh, Buffalo. And then uh, Sunday night, um, gee, Trevor Lawrence. This is one tough mother 
you know what, considering he played last Sunday and looking like his leg fell off in that three mile hike he had to make on that busted up ankle back to the locker room the Monday night prior and still played. I don't think it matters the injury because his hair is so beautiful. <laughs> this is a Samson thing. If he has short hair, there's no way he plays last Sunday. No way. Isn't there like an Instagram doppelganger that's like a, a female that looks yes. a lot like we, we <laughs> I think she went to Clemson too, which is hilarious. I'm not running my mouth about Trevor Lawrence. This is one tough, tough dude. And uh, taking on the Ravens, the Ravens, Jonathan, look like they're, they many feel that they are the best in the AFC. It's in Jacksonville, the Ravens, three and a half point favorites. What do you think? I think this is the game I like the most um, uh, that we're going to talk about. And I like it from a from a, an over-under total standpoint. I love the under in here. Uh, both of these teams rank extremely high on my kind of under feel. And uh, they both have offenses to me that will kind of, we talked about it before, that will get those first downs to kind of, to not allow short fields. I, I really, really, really like this under. It's under 42 and a half right now. Um, so you get that little extra hook. One of the other things you could do in a teaser situation, man, getting this up to 49 and a half and playing the under, I think goes a long way. And there's nothing better than closing out a teaser on a Sunday night game, right? You, you hit everything else and you, and, and you're, and then you just, you, you, you just get to sit on the couch, eat dinner and watch that last game under 49 and a half. I like that game quite a bit. That's satisfied. And, and now you've wandered into betting strategy in that conversation, like to parlay or not parlay pros and cons. If you'll move that conversation forward. This is very simple. Um, and, and if, and if you have to uh, get out a parlay calculator, and do the math. I won't bore you with it here. There is absolutely zero reason to parlay ever unless one of the games, one of the two games is happening at the same time. Or if you're playing like a same game parlay, obviously you parlay in those situations. Otherwise, the math is exactly the same to just play them by themselves. Basically, what I'm telling you is if you bet $110 on a game straight up at minus 110 to win 100. After that game is over, you've got 210. If you take that 210, you bet it on another game minus 110, you're going to be in the exact same position if you were to parlay those two games. A lot of people don't know that. It's the exact same math. Same with a three-team parlay, a four-team parlay, five-team parlay. It's just convenience. The only way you and the only reason you should ever do it is if the games are happening at the same time because you don't have the luxury of then rolling your winnings into the next game. Producer Terrence, had that work for you last week? <laughs> yeah, it burned me a little bit last week because I did like the Lions against the Bears, and I included them in a couple of parlays, and I was right on every other leg of those couple of parlays. Uh, but if you're mostly right in a parlay, you're completely wrong in a parlay. And so those wagers were losses for me. Uh, and just to piggyback on what Jonathan's saying too, I, you know, I think a parlay used to be maybe more popular when people were going in person to bet in Vegas. You had to go to the window. You had to get all your wagers in. Now that you can just do it on your phone, just wait till game one ends, place it on game two. There's really no incentive to parlay. Unless maybe, Jonathan, I'll throw this question to you. If you're afraid a line might move, does that ever incentivize you to do of a course. parlay? Yeah, I mean, of course you can grab it, right? 
But I think in this day and age with a lot of these kind of, you know, these sports books that, that give you freedom, you know, worst case scenario, you buy, you buy it. If it moves from three to three and a half, you're like, oh, damn, I wanted it at three. Just buy it back to three. And if the hook matters to you that much, how confident are you really in the game? Uh, you know, and I, I just think there's other things you can I, – I, I, you're right. Yes, sure, of course. In those situations, you can grab it ahead of time. But I think in most situations, try not to parlay if you can't avoid it unless the game is happening at the same time. Really good stuff. Really good stuff. And so much going on. Like bowl season, it's here. Like I still want to call it Capital One Bowl Week. It may not officially carry that title any longer, but it's here. Um, the, the famed L.A. Bowl at Hollywood Park. Some call it SoFi Stadium. UCLA, somewhat of a home field advantage. Uh, Boise State, minus three and a half. Anyone jump in? I, I love UCLA here. I'll be quick. Uh, Baylor, uh, Baylor, Boise State's quarterback, Taylor Green, uh, transferred, uh, I think, to Arkansas. So they're starting a freshman I think UCLA is pretty damn good anyways. Outside of that, defensively, there it's a home game. I think Chip Kelly does a great job in terms of motivation. I have a tattoo on my arm that says win the day from uh, – and it was the first – and I, I, I was he said it – or his – when he was at Oregon, they said that. So I think he does a great job in terms of, like, motivation. I think the kids will be ready to play. It's a home game. All their family will be there. Blah, 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 blah. I think they'll get after Boise State. Pretty good. Any thoughts on that one, Terrence, or Berkeley, Texas Tech, Independence Bowl, and Shreveport? Not really a huge opinion on the UCLA-Boise State. I kind of like Texas Tech a little bit. It started at minus two and a half right before we recorded this. I saw it at three. Um, Jonathan's more in that Big 12 country, but I do like Texas Tech a little bit over California. So Texas, Tech, Texas Tech throws tortillas. Uh, they're a very uncivilized group of folks out there in Lubbock. I've been to Lubbock before. It's horrible. I'm not offending anyone because they don't have internet or electricity in Lubbock. And it, it, in your home, you get dirt underneath your door because there's dirt storms. Like it literally just comes into your house. It's a terrible, terrible place. Uh, they also don't play defense. I think this game will go over. I talked about my power rankings, California and Texas tech, both rank in the top 10 of teams that I have going over. So I like that quite a bit. The only caveat is when teams have a lot of time to prepare, sometimes the defenses could show up a little bit. That makes me a little bit nervous, but I simply can't play. I cannot not play the over when I have two teams in the top 10 out of 130 through 133 that are predicted to go over. So I had to take the over here. Caveat Belmont stakes winner. JK, I have a signed Michael Crabtree Jersey. I was going to gift you for Christmas. Are you, is this, is this, uh, I thought it felt like a really nice gesture. Are you, I mean, are you interested? Yeah. I mean, white elephant, I have a, uh, I got a signed uh, Vince Young jersey, so we can do the trade if you want to. <laughs> we can have a jersey burning. And how about this? I got a, I, how about this? I got a, I got a signed Lindell White too. It's, and he, he signed it fourth and one. Uh, ba -boom. Well, yeah, get a Michael Huff one while you're at it. He's the one that's stuck in with Reggie Bush staring from the sidelines. Quickly moving to college basketball. Really great slate, great weekend of games. Uh, any opinions? What do you think, guys? Starting with number five, UConn, and number 10, Gonzaga. Well, I'll defer to our resident uh, college basketball expert here, um, my wonderful wife. I... I'm choosing UConn in this game. I know I think Jonathan has a different opinion. Um, 
I think that the shooters that UConn has, Spencer, and now with Castle being back, Castle's a superb player. It's going to be his second game back for UConn. And I just think that they have too many sharpshooters and too many great defenders for Gonzaga to beat them. And I just, I've just, I have just always hated Gonzaga. They put their cheerleaders on the court. They yell at you. It just is, it's speaking of just unhinged, like I hate it. I know they're not playing at home and they're playing in Seattle, but I'm going to go with UConn. Uh, more, to me, more, this is more civilized, like the Cameron crazies. What's wrong? <laughs> they should be. I, I, look, I, I want to lean Gonzaga here, but you know, obviously college basketball, they don't really release the lines that early. So when we recorded this on, on Wednesday evening, there wasn't a line for it. I, I'm going to lean Gonzaga because I believe that UConn will be a slight favorite just because they blew their doors off in March. Um, and then, you know, UConn's obviously ranked higher. So I would imagine they'll be favored. If you can get some points with Gonzaga, I think that's pretty interesting. G knows her stuff, man. Like she, she told us Purdue was a fraudulent number one. The next night they got blasted. So now, G, with, with number one, Arizona, and number three, Purdue hooking up this week. So I think one interesting stat that we should look at was before we started the podcast is um, Edie's fouls that he commits. I mean, sometimes he's not called for a foul in a game. I think there's been three games this entire season where he had zero fouls, which I find to be insane. But that being said, I do think that he is finally going to have some competition in the center with Ballo um, from Arizona because Ballo's a seven-footer. He's big. He could hold his own compared to teams that I've, they've played in the past. And I think that if the refs call a fair game and don't get Ballo in foul trouble, Arizona will have a great chance of winning also because of the pace that they play and not sure if Purdue could keep up with that pace moving quickly because our pace of play sucks and we're taking way too much time. North Carolina, number nine, number 14, Kentucky. What do you think guys? You, you guys think I'm going to pick, uh, I'm going to, I'm picking North Carolina. Okay. Well, I think North Carolina will win. I just thought I was going to get in trouble if I said that. I will say this quickly before we go. I love the under in the Purdue, Arizona game. Love the under in the Purdue, Arizona game. I picked North Carolina. I was going to defer, but my wife picked North Carolina so I can get away with it. You, you can get away with it. G. Duke, Baylor, and I understand you're going to be like sitting where Coach Krzyzewski used to sit. <laughs> yes, we're going to be at Madison Square Garden for the Duke-Baylor game. It's a tradition every year they come to MSG and me, Jonathan, and my parents go. We usually sit right behind one of the benches, so look for us on ESPN and we'll be there. I'm, 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 look, I'm going for the – they got a, a roast beef sandwich at Madison Square Garden that's outstanding. So um, I'm, I'm jealous for the, for the Blue Devils. And I, anything, anything to root against Waco. Anything to root against Waco. The only they're, good they're, thing about Waco, fans. the only thing good thing about Waco is it's the halfway point between Dallas, Fort Worth, and Austin. You know you're almost there. The the last eight minutes of this podcast have been awfully mean for Jesus season. <laughs> Very fun <laughs> Jesus season life. <laughs> Uh, and, and saying that you can spin that forward to Draymond Green quickly, G. What is I, – I, am I – Clearly like, not, what, clearly not a Christian. I, I should – like I, clear, I sound surprised like I really shouldn't be. Not a Christian, not civilized, and unhinged. Yeah. It's 
absolutely insane. He literally, he punched, a, I'm not sure what Phoenix Suns player it was. Did you see that? Yeah, I didn't see it. He was. punched a Phoenix Suns player mid-play while they were playing right in the face and got ejected again. I think it's his third ejection so far this entire season, which it it's crazy. Wow. At, at least he's like knocking out dudes from the other team now. Yeah, yeah. exactly. True. You know? Exactly. And uh, uh, oh, by the way, before we say goodbye, I was so excited on Saturday. This was like next, like when I saw this, because I, I had kind of, it, I, I had let it sink in that Shohei Otani was going to Toronto. So I tried to play a little bit guarded when we had this conversation last week that I really wasn't like heartbroken. But Shohei Otani to the Dodgers, I don't care. Give him seven. I don't care. It ain't my money. This is as big or bigger. And tell me if you think I'm, and maybe I'm too close to it. To me, this is bigger than Wayne Gretzky going to the Kings because Gretzky was at the end of his career. Bigger than LeBron James going to the Lakers because he was at the end of his career. Right there with Shaquille O'Neal going to the Lakers in his prime in terms of the biggest, most significant Los Angeles free agent signings. Yeah, I mean, I, I look, Lafitte, you're the bigger, biggest Dodger fan on this podcast. You know, I'm right behind you with that. It's huge. But it's not all the Dodgers need. And, you know, you and I have talked at length about that. Uh, he can't pitch this year. He'll be solely a DH. They still need a lot more in that pitching staff to really be the true World Series favorites like Vegas has them at right now. He's reportedly, like on a recruiting mission, trying to lure Yoshi Yamamoto. That, 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 would, that would take care of one of the holes in the, in the starting rotation. And Dodgers very uh, interested in Tyler Glass now. Uh, as well. Yeah, you're right. No, the, the, the rotation needs a lot of work. On that very happy note and feeling very Jesus-like, thanks so much, guys. Pleasure as always. And to all our viewers, listeners, I guess you would say, thanks so much for joining us on the SideBet Podcast. We'll see you next time. We got it. We got it.